Welcome to episode 8 of the Making a Mark Wrestling Podcast. Last episode we watched the Omega Man, a wrestling love story documentary based around Kenny Omega. And this episode we move on to starting to watch through Omega's feud with Okada in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Starting off with their main event match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom 11. So... First things first, the star rating. Laura, how would you rate the match? Um, I, I, I'm going to say, is it out of four out of five stars again? I'm having a, a moment. I can't remember. It's out of five, but you five, can give okay. like half or three quarters. Yeah, yeah. Quarters. I thought so. Just make sure. I'll probably give it four out of five. It would be a five, but oh my God, it was just so physically brutal. Like I'm... I hurt watching it by the end, and I was like, saying for once I wanted the match to end, not because I was like over it or bored or thought it was silly or dumb. I was just like, you're going to kill each other. You need yeah, to you were stop. Yeah, you scared. It was legitimately <laughs> going to be a fatality. In yeah, <laughs> and I was like, so, all right, this is too much. So the other match that you sort of rated really highly was um, Okada Shibata. There's a theme say, here. <laughs> would you say you preferred that match or this one? Because they were both brutal. I think I prefer this one just because I just like it might and it might be because we just watched the documentaries. It might be biased, but I also feel like I connected with watching Kenny a bit more. Or maybe he's just a bit more I think he has the most personality of like Kenny Okada or Shibata of those three. And also this one had English commentary, which I don't speak Japanese. So that was kind of helpful. The Okada Shibata one, if I remember correctly, did not. It was all Japanese. Uh, If it did, that was my fault because I probably could have found it with English commentary. I know we watched, I think we did have English commentary for that, but I know when we watched the CMLL one, that was purely Spanish commentary (laughs) because they just don't have. English commentary. Yeah. But yeah, I would agree that um, I preferred this one because... Also, this one didn't end... As much as it looked like it was going to, this one didn't end in a real injury. The other one didn't... That wasn't the way... Yeah. That ended Shibata's career, which makes it kind of sad. Yeah, it detracts from the match, the idea that it was so brutal it literally ended someone's career. Like... Yeah, this one just um, looked like it was going to be, so I was like, please stop, someone get the pin! Yeah, but but neither of them had any long-term damage from it which you blows I mean? my like, fucking mind yeah. like but yeah i prefer I, uh, okada is like one of my sort of favorite matches and it's weird i prefer this match but i re-watch shibata okada more because it's just a spectacle okada shibata is just like a spectacle it's so brutal you like can't believe what you're watching you know what i mean so i end up watching re-watching that one more but i, I do agree that i sort of prefer this one because like you say kenny has a lot of like character to him and it's it's still got the brutality, but with like more athleticism thrown in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's got the sort of athleticism. Yeah. So yeah, let's go over sort of just overall thoughts on the match before we get into detailed, you know, note breakdown. Yeah, well and like I did ask you at the start, because of course, like watching the documentary, so it's like, so where in the timeline is this? Uh this is before the like Golden Lovers have reunited and he hasn't faced him yet, so I got some yeah. background info. There there is a bit of like at this point there was like a bit of tension because this was do you remember in the documentary where they said like, Oh, let's meet in the G one final and then they never got to. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. This was just after that G1. So it's when, like, they're still not together, but there's starting to be that, like, tension between them. Okay. And... I don't know, also this one was just, like... Uh, this one felt really, really uh, technical, I guess. Like, there was a lot more... Uh, a lot more athleticism, a lot less of the more kind of over-the-top shenanigans. Like, there was, oh, the only thing that was even close to, like, what in my mind I would classify as, like, WWE level, like, the almost, like, wrestling soap opera gimmicks where... Like, people are getting involved and silly props are happening. Like, the moment with the table, that was pretty much it. But that was so limited. And it was still... It still didn't feel as, like, cheesy. Like, it didn't turn me yeah. off as much so as it has I've, in other promotions we've watched. Yeah, I've got two little things about the, like, the table. Is one, like you say, like, the Young Bucks were on the outside the whole time. But, like, they, they set up the table and that's it. Like, they were out there the whole time, but whenever a card would come over near Omega, they'd just back off and put their hands up. And like, yeah, nope, see, someone needs you know? to fucking go get Selena Vega on the phone and be like, you're gonna be <laughs> ringside. This is the shit you're supposed to do. Not make an ass of yourself. I can't, I saw another match with her the other day because James was watching something uh, while he was over and, like, uh, Andradis was back and she was back. And I was like, oh, God, it's her. And I literally had to, like, couldn't watch it because she drives me nuts. It's like, um... You know, they gave Kenny water, they gave him a bunch of words of encouragement, but, like, never actually, you know, sort of, besides setting up the table, they never interfered, you know what yeah. I mean? They were just there for sort of moral support. And then yeah. also with the table, one thing that I love that they do is they kept teasing the table over and over again, but then not using it. You know what I mean? And then, so you weren't sure when it was going to happen. Yeah. And then when they finally did, it was like not a sort of set up like they're stood on the apron. So he's obviously about to go through. It was like a very surprise, sudden, oh shit. Like, yeah, I was just like, oh my God. I also loved because when he went through it, um, if anyone was paying attention and not, you know, just there to enjoy it like me and there to, like, pick things apart because that's what I do. The minute you broke it, you could see it's clearly, like, the thinnest layer of, like, masonite, like, less than quarter inch, like, with top. And then it's, like, an eggshell carton. It's, like, foam and cardboard in the actual table. So that's how they make it so they don't actually, like, destroy the thing, themselves. The thing is, though, the Japanese tables are still absolutely brutal, though, because, like, the, the in WWE, the tables all have sort of a break in the middle of them, right? And they're even thinner. So that's why, like, the WWE one's all just nicely split in two. Always. Perfectly. Just split in two. <laughs> no, no trouble. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whereas the Japanese ones are tables. You could use that as a table. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it would be, like, and, the shittiest and lightest and thinnest table you'd ever use, but it's a table. And, like, you can see that, like, when he actually broke through it, it didn't just neatly snap in half. It had a body-shaped hole in it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it didn't and, just... and even if it had been, like, a WWE table and it neatly snapped, he got a lot of air before he hit it. So it was gonna, it was gonna be rough regardless. But, yeah. Um, yeah, just general, general notes where I liked the, uh higher level of technicality and athleticism in the, in this match in New Japan in general compared to other promotions. Uh, it just felt, it felt like it went on forever, but for once in a good way. Like, I was just like, this is how? And even knowing how it was going to end, I was like, how? Both these guys look absolutely wrecked. Like, I don't understand. The one thing I didn't quite understand where it came from, this, like, Terminator theme 
that Kenny had, what does that have to do with their relationship or his storyline? Like, I, I was just a bit confused. I like they committed to it, like his costume, his little intro video, like... There's lots um, of... Th- so, they went whole whole hog with it, but I just don't get yeah. why it was there. So Kenny, just when it's a big sort of main event, he likes to just do something a bit different. He don't just like to come out with his normal sort of like entrance and, you know, just do the same thing every time. He likes to ch- just change things up. So he just decided, you know, this time he'd do, you know, a Terminator tribute. You know what I mean? Like just because and, there was yeah, no he other... Just, he just likes... Um, and there is, like... He did explain it a bit in the documentary we watched where he said he wanted to sort of, like, show the story of, like, Okada, yeah, he's the golden boy of the company. You know, he's the face of the brand and stuff. But Kenny's, like, just an unstoppable robot. Okay, like, stop at okay. nothing to win, you know. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but then, mostly it was just to do yeah. something cool and different. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I did notice, because you mentioned it, and I started noticing it, so clearly, since Okada is their golden boy, Kenny's like, screw it, I'm the bad guy, and you and you said Kenny is in full asshole mode uh, at this point, and after this is when he becomes less and less of a dick. He just still didn't seem most of the time, like he was really, like, I wouldn't have called him that until he, he spat in his face at one point, I think. Yeah. Yeah, then I was like, okay. Sir, that's uncalled. That was when I was like, now he's in the full asshole character. But other than that, and even then, like, I liked that that was enough. Like, that was one little gesture that fully established that without some of the really terrible, like, dialogue or the really bad acting uh, that we see in some other promotions to try and make that. It was all, like, little things that he did to make him seem like yeah, the like heel, he, he, like, but they were raked, good. He raked Okada's eyes, like, once yeah match. i wrote, i made a note of that i was like oh he's he's pulling out girl tactics going for the eyes yeah. with the fingernails he, he, he like raked his eyes once he's fighting his face once and then like pulled his hair a few times and like that's it he's not like overtly heelish it's just small things in the match you know what i mean that are like that and just his general like, like costuming yeah. like yeah. okada's in light colors and kenny is all black like his pants yeah. in his episode you know so shall we start going sort of through your notes in detail then? Yes. Uh, again, my notes, all the beginning was about the Terminator stuff. Like I asked, what does this have to do with anything? I laughed that he even had half the robot face mask on. But how do they not get in trouble like for copyright reasons? Yeah. I guess because everyone knows it's the Terminator. So like the st- studio that made it doesn't I, really I care. Think, They're think, not that worried. But. I think it's more because it's it's like it, it didn't play the Terminator sort of music, you know what I mean? It was just a little clip, and it was more of like it didn't actually use any of like the Terminator footage or it just it was like a tribute. So I think as because it's like a one-off thing, yeah. and they're never gonna do it again. I think Whereas if he used it, it all the time, they'd be yeah. like, "All right, dude, you step it on toes." Okay, makes um, sense. I- I, one thing I really loved with the Terminator thing was when he was in the ring and the guy did the Kenny and he like did the pose with the shotgun. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. <laughs> that was really cool. Um I was also just like that arena is massive. That like that pose could have so easily looked like cheesy and stupid, but he oh, somehow could've. made it look awesome. Yeah, he he just made almost everything look cool. And even when he had like the at the end one of the commentators mentioned, Oh, like Kenny's 
got like glassy eyes like when it was right near the end and he clearly had like running on fumes nothing left in the tank a lot of other wrestlers like i think i mentioned it when we watched um like uh john cena versus aj styles they do the like tired dead no energy left like looking to the sky for some magical answers but like half the time it can look a little silly and i think i commented on like john cena's looking almost like pantomime-esque whereas kenny's just looked genuinely like i'm just genuinely exhausted uh, and, uh, I and i'm like here he but i'm like, not here he was reaching out but not just in space like to the young bucks you know like yeah help, you know yeah. Like? And also on the subject of John Cena, he is basically a living cartoon character. Though. Like, <laughs> he's so comical without meaning to be. Like, he yeah. just has the best facial expressions. It's so good. Um, but one thing I wanted to say on that, like, talking about how the match actually went on, is comparing this to Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano, one of the things we picked up on in that match was how, like, right from, like, 10 minutes in, super early into the match, they started doing it, oh, we're totally exhausted and can't even move. Oh no, I suddenly have a burst of energy. Whereas these guys, they didn't start, like, all through the match, they'd show that they were tired, like, they'd take a breather, or if they got hit by something, they'd show they were in pain from it. But they didn't do the, like, I'm so exhausted I can't move thing until, yeah. like, a good 40 minutes into the match. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They, they did the whole, like, showing exhaustion as the match goes on, like, much better than, you know, it's, it's like, even though I liked the sort of Johnny Gargano Almas match, I know you didn't really. But like, <laughs> even even though I liked it, that like I agreed with you when you said that was like a complaint that they're like from like five minutes in, they're like, oh look, we're so exhausted, we can't do anything, but we still keep randomly having these bursts of Superman yeah. energy. And they didn't really do that this match, you know, like they showed tiredness without going over the top with it, you know. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And then I had a bunch of notes on just, like, production stuff. So, like, I really liked the light show when they entered. Um, thought it was really cool. And a bit... Just a bit on a bit bigger scale than some of the ones in WWE, I think, just because the arena is so big. Like, yeah, it kind of reminded me of, like, some of the crazy, like, bigger concerts I've been to and stuff. And I liked their their outfits a lot. Okada's coat is fucking amazing. I and know, right? I just want a reason to wear something like that ever in my life. And I also love how, like, <laughs> we've been, like, the rainmaker and been this sort of cocky, rich, arrogant douche. Like, uh, I love how it rains money as he's, like, walking down to a ring in this all gold outfit with the golden yeah. belt around his waist. Like, And also, I feel like the only people who get would get to wear something like that in, like, WWE... Because, like, that could very easily be seen as, like, again, going back to talking about in the documentary, the more stereotypical, cartoony, over-the-top representation of, like, LGBT people. Like, that's not necessarily... I know many men who are not secure enough in their masculinity who would wear a head-to-toe, sparkled, bedazzled, like, coat. But Okada looked fucking badass. Like, there was... it. It was just great, and I was like, yes, more of this, please. And then it also just really nicely contrasted with the with Kenny's costume, and I thought it was great, and just from a visual standpoint, and I'm like, there's going to be some great photos from this. It's something we picked up on in the uh, Shibata Okada match, how Okada's coming out, money raining from the sky, yeah. wearing, like, the gold robe, and Shibata's there wearing just black trunks and just a serious look on his face. Like, yeah. just that stark sort of contrast. 
they yeah. they love that stuff in Japan. Like you know the idea of like if you're the bad guy, you just wear just you know the simple, you know black, and if you're the good guy, you know you wear like the brighter colors. You know like they make a big point of sort of those very obvious visual differences. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yet again, because this time we actually knew because of like the documentary and stuff how it was going to end. But like uh, the last few matches have been uh, pretty adamant that I'm like I'll be I can tell in the first five ten minutes who it's or five minutes who it's going to be because whoever has the first good kind of like run or streak or the first few like succession of moves that are executed successfully never wins and at least to me, Kenny was the first one who had kind of, like, some momentum build. So I was like, yep, and pattern continues. Good to see that's consistent across yeah, promotions. Like, like, <laughs> Okada had, like, the first offense in the match, but it was very, like, he just did, like, three things and then Kenny took control, you know? For, yeah, like, exactly. Of time. Exactly. So uh, still waiting for that pattern yeah, to be I mean, broken, you know? It's one of those things, though, like, like my opinion on that is... Because wrestling it fundamentally is sort of a storytelling medium, a lot of the times knowing who's going to win doesn't actually matter. It's like Well, yeah, this and this is... one it totally didn't because, like I said, and even at the end, if I hadn't known, I would have genuinely thought either of them could take it because they were both pulling incredibly athletic moves. They were both absolutely getting brutal-looking uh, hits on each other. They both had so many pin attempts on the other that looked like that was it. Like, it genuinely, for the longest time, looked like it could have gone either way. Yeah, it's like uh, at this year's WrestleMania, there was a, a like story built up all the way to it with um, like a guy who's been in the company for 10 years finally sort of getting his shot at the title, Kofi Kingston. And it's one of those things where the way the story had been built up as him being like this massive underdog and stuff and having to go through hoop after hoop after hoop to get the shot. Mm-hmm. There was no way he couldn't win. The whole way the story was built up was for it to be his moment. His yeah. WrestleMania moment. And it didn't detract from it at all. Like when he actually won, the crowd still went mental. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because it was like they just wanted to see it. You know what I mean? Like... They knew he was going to win, but it just built up, like, anticipation for the moment when he finally did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, like, the first, uh, like, move that was, like, the really, one of the really, like, impressive standouts. Like, the whole thing is impressive to someone who clearly would not survive anything like that, like myself. But, um, when, I don't know what to call it, but, um, he, Kenny, like was kind of pinned underneath Okada, like, back to the mat, and then just, like, managed to stood up while, like, arching his back and just entirely using, like, quads and back strength, like, lift Okada's full body weight up, and, and then, the, like, with the his curve thing, in his back, like, fuck. The crazy thing about that is, like, obviously in real life a person couldn't lift that on his own doing that. But that just means, like, when you actually think about it, it's even crazier because both of them must have been able to do that at the same time yeah and i was like my abs hurt looking at this yeah like that's some core strength in mo- in motion one, right there one thing one thing that happened just a bit earlier than that which i really liked and made a note of was when like kenny had a headlock on okada just a simple headlock and okada tried to do the thing where you bounce back into the rope and like throw them off uh-huh. and kenny just like dropped to the floor and took okada with him Yep. It's like, you know, he's like, no, I'm not going to just run because you want me to. You know what I mean? Like, yep. an idiot. And then Okada, like, so Okada picks Kenny up and, like, backdrops him. 
I know Card, uh, Kenny just keeps the headlock held on. It's like, no, I'm not letting go. I'm not an idiot. Like, <laughs> yep. And then uh, there was one part soon after that, the ref came over and was talking to them. And it just made me think, oh man, this must be really hard for foreigners like Kenny to come to this promotion in the beginning. Because, like, do, do the refs, if they know they have someone who doesn't speak Japanese, will they use both languages? Do they just speak Japanese and someone like Kenny would be forced to just, well, screw it, hope you learn quickly, and, like, pick up on our language? As, as far as I know, Red Shoes doesn't speak English, or if he does, it's not very well. Yeah. And you can see, like, when he sort of tells Kenny off, he does very simple English, like, no, 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 Kenny, no, no, yeah. no, 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 Kenny, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but most Sounds of like the time someone scolding a, a dog or yeah, a cat. But mo- most of the time when he talks in the match, like, you can hear it, like, the mics pick it up, and he is just talking in Japanese, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I can, you know, Kenny speaks Japanese, but I do agree with you, like, when he first went over there and didn't, it's just like... What is he saying to me? I have no idea. Yeah, so, and, like, not just Kenny. It just made me think of anyone in general who might want to do what Kenny did and be like, I want to come to this promotion for whatever their reasons are. That's a whole extra hurdle to add. And also, it's, like, with the way that wrestling is, like, planned and the wrestlers plan out the match they're going to have together and come up with ideas together... And then also, like, when they're improvising in the ring, because they only plan out certain spots and then improvise the rest. Yeah. That must be so hard when you don't speak the same language. Oh, exactly. Like, that's... It's just that much more kind of dedication. Like, someone like Kenny took on kind of going to New Japan. All right, anyone who wanted to do that. So it just made... I just was extra... It just made me have a moment of, like, thinking about that and being extra impressed. Um, then it was, I wrote the, did you just spit in Okada's face? Talk about full asshole. Um, and then at one part, the commentator said, like, Kenny, oh, he's taking a break. And he, like, left the ring and was kind of walking around outside it for a while and left. I was like, is this allowed? No one's counting. Okada didn't chase him right away. Like, he basically let him kind of be like, hold on, I need a minute. And I was just like, this is really different from... WWE where like the minute you leave the ring everyone's just wet ready to fuck with you and there's so many people there to like gang up on you or make something silly happen once again giving like the running commentary going like just take a breather Kenny come on just take a breather you've got this like and then like looking in the ring going it's all mind games bro it's all mind games but then I just didn't get why he was allowed to have those moments because Okada eventually did come chase him and like drag him back in but because then later in the match, there was one where he was knocked out and the ref started counting and then Okada brings him back in. They're like, oh, Okada yeah. doesn't want to count out victory. Um, How come so, no one was counting now? Uh, generally, the refs, uh, in the like, it's once again this idea, in New Japan, they loosen the rules for big matches. Okay. You know what I mean? So, like, if he'd have stayed out there for too long, the ref would have eventually started counting. But, you know, the ref... Like, like when... They were both fighting outside. The ref didn't immediately start counting. Then you hear the commentator say, the ref just told both wrestlers he's going to start counting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if they're out too long, the ref's like, you know what? I'm sick of this. Okay. Interesting. I wonder if it's, like, that's predetermined. Like, is it, if it's whatever is run by the ref or it's purely their, it's up to their discretion. Because they could have this whole thing planned and then just get a ref who's in a no-nonsense mood that day and is like, nope, I'm counting, like, way sooner than they wanted him to or anything, so... Very interesting. One um, thing, uh, we've said it before when watching New Japan, but one thing I really love is how much more involved Red Shoes actually is. Than... Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, because he was 
uh, a just checking if they were okay all the time particularly as it went on and then also like more more telling kenny off when kenny was doing like the, yeah, the like, eye raking when, and stuff when kenny was like going to get okay like to send okada for your table he actually like, reached over and like grabbed kenny's arm to stop him yeah and i like that because to me it that's another thing that bugs me about lots of other promotions it's like why are they there they're there they're yeah. like a human prop and i'd rather them at and least even, pretend they're doing something even those small things like like when one of them had hit a big move he'd be like pin him pin him you know like, yeah i, I love looking and being like he's he's on the ground hurry up go like this is your time i thought yeah, that was pretty yeah. funny and and that's the thing is it's actually something wwe used to do like, their refs all used to actually have, like, personalities, and you'd actually know the refs' names and stuff like that. But in recent years, they made a conscious decision that refs should be invisible and not a part of the match. Which and... is, I don't like that, because especially they, they want to, like, their whole thing is they are sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. And in any other sport... People know maybe not the same way, but people yeah, still like know refs. Like like people like oh we have this ref for this game that's not well. Like he doesn't he never likes us. Like all those jokes. Yeah, yeah. But like refs still are an integral part of any other sport. And you want to call yourself sports entertainment? And now it's like you've in made UFC. them in UFC. They announce who the ref is at the start of each match. And like you you like if you watch enough UFC, you can learn the referees like names and which ones are like the good ones which ones aren't very good you know what i mean yeah. and stuff like that so i'm not sure why they made that decision but whenever i watch red shoes i just love him he's so <laughs> active and so involved in the match and i love yeah. it and so yeah there okada goes to get him and like chase him around the ring and he brings him back in and i don't know the exact name of the move but like when kenny fell to okada's arm after he came back in the ring there was like he fell but then it looked like he started to get up and then he fell again there was a second slip and i think i was just wondering if that was planned because that one looked like he genuinely stumbled and didn't mean for that second one and i was like oh is this gonna be a moment that he like takes advantage of i don't know but i kind of liked that i liked but it was weird normally seeing that be like oh but then seeing that moment of the real oh that wasn't planned the real stumble versus the others but yet it still didn't pull me out of the match per se or like do anything to the realism it just i don't know it's just a little thing that stood out and i was just wondering like it happened i was waiting for okada i'm like is he gonna jump on that is he gonna take this opportunity nope okay it's fine <laughs> and then the part where they're out of the ring and okada like literally flung his entire body like that cross body through the air like just across Kenny, I was like, this both like looks... good, like, six feet through the air. Yeah, I'm like, this looks terrifying, but also kind of hilarious. Because it's, it's it wasn't like there was, like, a somersault or flip or he was, like, came out of it to kick him. He just literally flung his whole self. Just, yeah, like, just it was like, athletic, yet also not athletic looking at the same time. Because it was just so kind of silly. And, I don't know, it was like human bowling. And it just made me kind of laugh. I don't know why. And also, that was, like... So often in New Japan, even when they show replays, things still look great in the replays. Yeah. But that was one of the moves where when they showed the replay, it didn't look good. Yeah, it looked so silly. You could very clearly see Kenny, like, catch him in the replay and stuff. You know what I mean? And it really took out for it. But like I say, most things in New Japan, when they showed a replay look worse in the replay. Like, oh my god, so I know. Oh, like, some of the things in this are just like, oh, like, I don't want to see I've it again, I've actually got please. notes on, like, some specific moments, like, one is, like, when he did, Kenny did the drop kick to the back of Okada's head. When oh they my god! That in slow motion, oh my god, that was so, so scary. Worse. I'm like, your neck 
Sir, you could seriously fucking, you could like, you could seriously paralyze yourself if this went badly. Like, oh my god. And then they showed for like, when he did the dragon suplex off the top rope. And he showed it in slow motion and Okada full and just lands on his head. And even Kenny kind of landed on his like, shoulder back. I'm like, if you'd landed a few centimeters one way, that would have then been all that strain on your yeah. neck. And that like, would so, so often ugh. when they showed the replays, the things actually looked more brutal in slow motion, which can't be said of, like, any other fucking, like, nope. <laughs> Yeah, not at all. And then, so I still find it a little weird, and it's one of the things I don't like, uh, when... Like, they have, I guess they call them, like, the slugfest. And, like, they just stand there and, like, take turns hitting each other or let themselves get hit. And, like, even when you're in the lead, like, Okada, so it doesn't really matter. I was just like, why? Why? It's it's just free hits for the guy. Free hits to get his, like, morale going and free, like, damage to you to tie you. like, what are you doing? Move. Yes, Don't just stand it's there. It's manly. It's masculine. I, yeah, no. I'm like, the whole thing is already fucking masculine. You're in fucking spandex flying through the air, and you're six foot three. You're fucking fine, okay? You don't Omega's need like this. Ripped. He's, like, built like a tank. And like ripped yeah. And speaking of six foot three, my next note is when Kenny jumped up and, like, hooked his legs around Okada's neck and pulled him, pulled him down. I'm like, that guy is tall. That is some serious air. You just jumped from, like, the ground to getting your crotch, like, your legs at six feet in the air. And I realize there's some extra bounciness, like, the the ring is clearly, like, a bit, like, spring-loaded, kind of like a dance floor or something. But still, I was just like, good lord, the quad's on you to get that height from a jump. And it wasn't like he did a run-up and jump to it. He just, like, Yeah, let. just from standing still. And I was like, holy fuck. And it's the same with, like, with, like Okada when he does his drop kicks. Very, like, he literally jumps and ends up, like, flat in the air, or, like, horizontal, at yeah. the other person's head. It's like, dude, like, how do you jump that high? Like, I just don't understand. And then throughout this much, some of the impact noises, like, were just brutal. Like, I swear to God, I'm like, is someone has someone mic'd their, like, pecs or something just to get all the sounds of, like, body slams and body parts colliding? Because it sounded so much louder than any match you've ever watched. Yeah. And, like, the, like, well, slapping noises and shit. I was gonna say, just, like, well, you, know when, you know when wrestlers do, like, the chops across the chest? Well, yeah, because that's, like, what you, in stage combat, that's how you make the noise of injury well, well, without... Yeah, they, they don't, like, fake those chops. They legit just chop the person. Like, I've seen non-wrestlers take chops from wrestlers, and they, like, collapse to the floor gasping for breath. Yeah, And that's just a filler move in a wrestling match. Yep. That's so... why it's so loud, because they legit just fucking, like, cave each other's chests in. Like, it's so common for wrestlers to come oh. out of matches with, like... What you know, like like bruised uh, ribs, <laughs> yeah, like bruising all over their chests and like the walls where like the you know blood vessels are burst below the skin and stuff, and sometimes even like bleeding on the chest where they've been like split open by a chop. <laughs> well, speaking of that, there was a big old like welt across Okada's back halfway oh, through yeah, the match like, that you kept seeing. <laughs> well, I don't think it was a cut because there wasn't mm. like blood, blood. I think it was like though I don't know if there's another term for it, but I would just use the word uh, like a welt, which is I think there was like said blood. It was under the skin. Yeah, it, it was like nice, there was some damage. It did, it yeah. Either way, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know and, when he got it." But and talking about brutal strikes, Kenny Omega's knees. Oh my god! His knees are the best looking knees I've ever seen in wrestling. Like the one where he does like the rainmaker thing to Okada and then just jumps up and knees him in the face. It looks so brutal. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I like the one where Okada's in the ropes. 
and Okada, like, Omega, like, knees through the ropes into his skull. Like, I don't know how on earth they do that safe, because it doesn't look safe at all. It looks like he legitimately just need a guy's head off. Like, and they sound brutal as well, because, like, they had, like, the loudest sound of, like, anything in the whole match. And it's a knee. I just, I don't know how he does it without <laughs> killing someone. I know, it's just insane. Absolutely insane. And then, as I enjoyed the part, they kept trying to execute, like, some aerial moves while the other was on the ground, and the person would, like, roll out of the way, and they just did, like, three or four in a row, kind of, like, taking turns, and it just looked kind of really fancy and really fast. And I was just, again, going to the moments of, well, this is a lot higher level of athleticism compared to some of the other things we've watched. Um, also, the the floor in this ring, like, the the mat seemed a lot noisier and bouncier than other matches. Or was that just because these guys are just going that hard? It's like, are they just hitting the ground harder? And that's why it sounds like that? Like, I think maybe, like, a lot of it is just that. Like, when when Okada, like, got Kenny and did it, like, he did it, you know, where he put his legs on the railing and, yeah. like, DDT'd him. That was, like, hella loud, and I think that was legitimately just, like, Kenny's head hitting the mat and Okada's oh my back God. hitting the mat. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to... Speaking of, like, athletic things that looked insane, when Kenny Omega did, like, the Tope Con Hello over the top rope... And, Which like, one's uh, that? The one where he kneeled down first and the Young Bucks did the Terminator, like, did it, did it, oh, oh, and he jumped okay. over the top rope. And he, like, spreads his whole body out in the air, and it looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so beautiful. Yeah. Like, so many people do that move and they just sort of, like, jump over and, like, spin. And it just looks like a sort of, you know, like, almost like it's taken all their effort to even just get over the top rope and spin. They can't make it look pretty. But he just, like, actually spreads himself out and, like, does, like, a slow rotation through the air and just makes it look so good. Yeah. And then, sorry, this part, I was like, who are the ones Pep talking Kenny? Are they part of the Bullet Club? Never mind, the commentators just answered my question. So I was only at this point in the match, I figured out who they were and why they were there. I'm a little slow on the uptake, but it's fine. <laughs> but again, because they are just there, like, Pep talking him. Like you said, they're not getting involved, they're not interfering, yeah. they're not angrily yelling, they're just like, we're here, we got you, so, bro. Yeah, so, it was it was kind of really wholesome, and I really liked so, it. So to tell you um, some of the story, and this ought to be relevant for next match, so you'll know it going in, is that Kenny is the leader of the Bullet Club, yep. who are a massive faction in Japan. He took leadership from AJ Styles, actually, when AJ Styles Oh yeah, I kind of asked um, James, because he was watching... I was like, so would the would it be an accurate comparison to say a Bullet Club and New Japan are kind of like Degeneration X in WWE or no? Because James didn't really have an answer for me. Um, yeah, to an, like they're the they're the bad guys. Like Jeff, they they used to always be like the sort of heel Westerner stable. You know what I mean? They were just a bunch of Westerners who went over and acted like assholes, right? Um, but not like in a sort of comedy way like Degeneration X did. They were just actually dicks. You know okay, because I mean? that's what I was basically wondering, is, is yeah. was there any level of but, but comedy since in then, But since then, they've gotten way bigger, and they now have, like, Japanese people in as well. And, like, stables are just a huge part of Japanese wrestling. Like, almost every wrestler is part of one stable or another. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, like, everyone's split into factions in Japan, basically. Yeah. Um, And he's the leader of Bullet Club. He took it off AJ Styles when he 
um, you know, uh, left for WWE. But mm-hmm. him and the Young Bucks have actually created like a sub faction within the Bullet Club called the Elite. Which oh yeah, because that's what his that's what his pants said. I was wondering. Yeah. Which is basically just him and the Young Bucks, you know, um, because the Young Bucks are like the best tag team in the world, and he's like one of the very best wrestlers in the world. Okay. You know, and, they're, and they're like seen as the leaders of the Bullet Club. Um, okay, so okay. They're called the Elite, and they're like a little sub faction. But there's actually tension in the Bullet Club, and like when when this match happened, and when like the next match happens, there's tension in the Bullet Club. Because, like, Cody Rhodes has just, like, left WWE, gone to New Japan, and joined the Bullet Club. And basically, he sees Kenny and the Young Bucks just always hanging out as the elite and sort of ignoring the rest of the Bullet Club. And he's like, hang on a minute. Why is this guy, like, in charge? He doesn't even, like, give a shit about you guys. You know what I mean? So there's, like, tension where, you know, the elite, like, seem to only care about the elite and not actually the Bullet Club as a whole. And you can see that by Kenny wearing just Elite on his gear and, like, no mention of the Bullet Club anywhere, you know? And, yeah, so that's the sort of story of, like, the Young Bucks and Kenny at the moment. Like, they're really close friends. They're part of the Elite. But how close they are and that they've started this own little separate group causes tension with the rest of their stable. Okay. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, My next note. Oh, man. Uh, I had a note again about the when Kenny kicked the back of Okada's head that we already talked about, and that just that could go so wrong if that was done badly. And then the uh, next thing that I was like, oh, both impressed. I was like, that was a dirty move when Kenny kicked Okada like through the ropes and out of oh, the yeah, yeah. the ring. I was like, oh, oh boy, there was it was great, but around. also like sad, bad. <laughs> There was something that happened around there where the, one of the commentators forgot the name of a move and goes, when you poop on me on Twitter, it's well deserved. And that made me like laugh so hard. Oh my goodness. Yep. So I apologize for forgetting that move. So yeah. when you guys poop on me on Twitter, it's well deserved. And I was just, I was laughing so hard. At That's funny. Um, and then, uh, and then that was immediately followed as so he kicks him through the ropes and he does like that springboard moonsault to land on him outside of the ring i was like oh my god i was just so impressed the barricade yeah and i was like this is the way to do the ott nonsense which we ott stands for over the top without making it look stupid like wwe because like they're full on like again over the top of the ring they're out in like the table where they were those just what like commentators because it looks like there was tables with cables and microphones yeah Yeah. because like when things like that happen in WWE, or even when we watched the um, uh, Johnny Mundo match, and he like ran out and he ran out, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, dude! Like, not over here!" Like, and I don't know. There's just something about the way New Japan does things that just feels less forced, like the and commentators are less still over all the top, doing their job. Like, yeah, they, they, like, they, they, they're doing their job while moving their tables back and like trying to grab cables out of the way and just not get hit by a giant man. Like, you know. Do you want to know? A fun little bit of subtle storytelling. Sure. That moonsault he does where he like springboards up onto the top rope and moonsaults off. Mm-hmm. That's one of Kota Ibushi's moves. Oh, I love that. That makes me happy. That's why, like, <laughs> when he did it, like, you might notice it now that I pointed it out, but the commentators were like, that's very interesting. 
that's um you know his move in it and they're like yeah and it's like i don't want to mention any names because i don't want to you know bring attention to it but that's a tribute to someone you know yeah. what i mean like the commentator sort of hinted at that you know why is he using ibushi's move like yeah exactly exactly um and this is the first part where I was like, okay, how does Okada manage to win this? This is getting hard to watch and painful. Because this is when Kenny kind of ran away with it for a, for a bit and was wailing on Okada until Okada made it come back. And then again, that table bit was a bit more WWE reminiscent. Not a huge fan, but I didn't hate it as much as like, like I said, normally it's like props come out or something and it's like insta-hate with me. And this one it wasn't because the rest of the match I'd been enjoying so much. Do you want some story for the table? Sure. So in the lead up to this match, while you know it was getting like set up and stuff like that, there was a moment where Okada had just won a match. Okay. And Kenny and the Young Bucks both ran out and like beat Okada up after it. So he'd already wrestled a match and couldn't really fight back because he was exhausted. Yeah. So they like beat him up and like put That's him That's not the very table. nice. Yeah, they're, they're evil. Um, so so no, Okada like getting it. the table out was him, you know, he was he planned to sort of get revenge. You know, it's like, yeah, because I had a thing. note that said Okada brought the table out to begin with. What? When? Where was I? Because the commentators mentioned that. And I guess they meant before this. They didn't mean, like, for us to see. Yeah, it was on camera. Yeah, Okada, like, oh, got well the then. table out on camera. Um, but yeah, that's why, because, like, in the lead up to the match, Kenny and Young Bucks had put him through ones who wanted to, like, get revenge. Yeah. Which eventually he did, like, Yeah, eventually he... Uh, yeah, which I loved. Like, I liked that you thought it was going to happen, didn't happen, and you'd almost just forgotten about it, and then bam! Yeah. And, bam. and I also... Something we need to talk about. When Kenny put the table on Okada and jumped off the apron and Oh, my it. God. Oh, that... I was like... I got nauseous. Because that was on his, he like, stomach. He literally put a hole like... through the table. He stomped that hard onto it. Did he really? I totally missed that. But then yeah, was it a was, different... you could see a hole in the table. But then was it a different him. table that he then no, no, threw no. Kenny it over? Want, it wasn't a full-on, like, hole hole because there was no room for the wood yeah. to move because Okada was under it. But you could see, like, a big sort a of, dent. like... Yeah, like, a big okay. sort of cracked bit in it where he stomped because he stomped that hard. I totally missed that. I'm so unobservant. Ow. <laughs> But yeah, like just because also where it landed on Okada's body, so I immediately felt nauseous because imagine that impact to my stomach and just like, <laughs> oh, it was it was bad. And I like this. I was like, oh my god, Kenny threw a little tantrum when Okada kicked out. He just he was like banging the ground and just screaming like no. And it, was, it just kind of made me laugh. It's a like we were bit. saying earlier that bit with the table and him stomping on it is one of those moments where it's like, how do you do this without suffering internal damage? Like, yeah. And then but the when he got Kenny out of the ring for the build-up to the table was really nice because, again, Kenny's been kind of running away with it for a little bit and Okada is, like, on the the ropes and looks like... And I think it was, like, Kenny was running up to do some other move and Okada either... He didn't, he didn't dodge it. Didn't he, like, pick him up and just, like, flip him over and, like, send him flying? I've already forgotten yeah, yeah, how he, just, he got him out there. Uh, Kenny, but it was great. Kenny was going to try to do, like, one of his sort of running knees. Yeah. And as he was running up towards Okada, Okada literally just, like flipped him yeah and i was like him. that was cool that looked really and also that was great because that's a way clearly you know they've planned that because he needed to anticipate that and be ready for it but it didn't look a lot of times when there's yeah, like moves that have assists like that like... yeah it looked spontaneous and it looked like a genuine i would do this in self-defense not just because it looks cool and, and also this is this is another moment where we can appreciate knowing that it's fake and knowing that they plan all this right 
Yeah. How on earth did he know how hard to throw him in the air? So he lands for him perfectly. to land perfectly on the table. Right. What? Like, that was impressive as hell. I think that was probably I think my favorite, and that and I think that's why the table didn't bug me so much because to get to it, was it executed so well. Yeah, it was the 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 move to build up to it was so intense and so well done and didn't look stupid. And I really liked it. And, and like, they keep uh, talking about a one-winged angel. Whose move is that? By the uh, end, of like, is, okay, this is clearly Kenny's. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, Kenny's finishing move. Um, it, there, there was a moment we, when we were watching it where you said in chat, this is so brutal. And it was like just before the table spot. Yeah. So I replied, the worst is yet to come. And then yeah. the table spot happened. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there we and go. Then, yeah, and then I mentioned when the table breaks, you can see the foam and the cardboard in it. But I don't even mind. Because like, we make tables the same way in theater. When we want the, them the to break. The thing is as well, though, when Kenny show. like went through the table, the like center of his back landed on like, uh, like the edge of the platform as well. Yeah. And it's like, ow! <laughs> That's a sharp, like, corner going mm-hmm. right into the centre of your back. Mm-hmm. That does not look fun. And then, I, next to it, I was like, I feel like if both of these guys fell unconscious at the same time, that's how the match ended, I would buy it. Because it was so brutal. I'm like, what sort of medical problems are these guys going to have when they're, like, 50? Like, good lord. <laughs> the, things that, the things they do to themselves. Uh, and then the, the reverse thing that Kenny did to pull Okada down to the mat... They called it like a reverse. I missed the second. It sounded like reverse Rada or something. It was like that can't yeah, be. Yeah, reverse name. Rana. It's oh. because uh, it's like uh, the, that move normally is called a hurricane Rana. Oh, so, okay. But when they do it reverse, they just take the sort of hurricane off to shorten it a bit. So they call it okay. like a reverse Rana. Well, it looked cool and very impressive. Um, yeah, so the whole second half, I'm going, I know Okada wins, but how? Because Kenny just kept. It looks like Kenny. And again, he did it, he managed to do it in a way because he's looking like, again, glassy-eyed, exhausted, but then he still does things like so fast. He'll get up and like run around to the back of Okada and get another pin in, but it looked like the legitimate way that your body has those like fits of adrenaline so, when you think like, you know, you're threatened or whatever, give, rather can than... Can I give two bits of praise to the commentary regarding mm-hmm. this sort of subject? Mm-hmm. Is there was one bit early on where Okada had Kenny in a submission hold and uh, Kenny started to do the like fading thing and then reached for the rope and broke out and the way the commentators played it off they weren't going like oh he's fading he's passing out they said he's pretending that he's passing out hoping that okada loosens his grip just long like just enough for him to reach the bottom rope and i was like that's so good you know what i mean like he's not actually passing out you know what i mean it's a mind game he's trying to get his opponent to like sort of loosen it a bit you know exactly so get out of it that was so like great commentary 10 out of 10 and yeah. then there was another line of commentary when kenny did the dragon suplex off the top rope and they showed the replay of it of them both just landing on their heads one of the commentators says this line years from now when okada gets neck fusion surgery he will remember that moment. Yes, I heard. I remember that line. No, that's why I was, I was like, "What sort of medical problems are these guys gonna have when they're older?" Like, oh, yeah, I really liked these commentators a lot. I felt like they really added to the match, and they weren't just like a distraction. And the crowd too, because like they kept at the end of the match talking about the crowd, but like, rightfully so. It was like I could feel the the atmosphere of that match like through the screen of my computer um, and like and how moments. invested everyone was and how like just the adrenaline and how on the edge of their seat everyone was 
and even with the commentators, when they made, like, mistakes, like, when they forgot that move's name, it just, like, endears them to you. It makes them seem like humans. You know what I mean? Like, they're just fans like you just calling the match. Whereas in WWE, it's hard to avoid that they just sound like, you know, they're trying to sort of sell merchandise and say all these catchphrases and stuff. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I also said one of the, I've said this a bunch of times, but in my notes this is when I wrote one of the first times the endless kickouts aren't bugging me too much. Because I think the first few matches we watched, I was like, oh my God, we get it. You're both great. Now someone freaking win already. And it just seemed so silly. They kept like kicking out when they were playing so tired. But this one, it's like I, they're exhausted. But I think what didn't make it feel silly kept kicking out was clearly... I think they just have so much more heart, I think, than a lot of the wrestlers we've watched. And you could just see how badly they both wanted it. Kenny, because he's like, I want to take this title. I have something to prove. And Okada just being like, I feel almost like worrying about the level of like fame and the image he has. And like, I feel like whenever Okada loses the title, he's going to be just crushed. I'm going to feel so bad for him. because oh, The pressure I... he puts on himself. I, I And I get that without watching any... Else, can um, I like tell you a bit videos. of videos, uh, like story that it won't actually come in relevant because it happens sort of after he loses the title, so you know we won't see it. But yeah, he does lose the title, right? And you're gonna love this. He goes a bit mad. He what's well, what I mean? I feel like he's gonna break under the pressure. He, he's gonna like he hate himself. Changes his theme song. He stops wearing the like gold robe. He dyes his hair red. Oh he God. starts coming out with balloons on, like, with him, with smiley faces, like, cartoonly drawn on them. He goes full K-pop. Yeah, he, he totally, <laughs> like, sort of, like, loses his mind, and he starts, like, messing around in matches and not taking them seriously. Like, when he did, like, a frog splash off the top rope, he'd yell Scooby-Dooby-Doo when he did it. Like, he totally, like, just loses it. He, like, you know, just stops taking wrestling serious at all. You know what I mean? And I loved that. I loved that he didn't just lose the title. He lost who he was. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't just like, oh, he lost his title, but he's the same person. You know? It's like, no, it affected him. He built yeah. his entire life and who he is around that title. When he lost the title, he lost, like, a part of himself. And it affected him in ways more than just, you know, that he's no longer champion. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. I could kind of sense that, like how badly both these guys wanted this win. So it made it justified all the, the kickouts and where they were finding this energy from while still looking as beat up as they were. But also um, a Japanese wrestler yelling Scooby-Dooby-Doo as they jump off the top rope is one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in a wrestling match. Oh my god, I love um, Scooby-Doo. But the thing is, it also one thing to say on this is like it, it's what we talked about before. Is like when Johnny Gargano was kicking out and moves. It's like, mate, you've been literally dead, unmoving on the floor for half an hour. How are you still kicking out? But with this, because they only got to that point in the last like five, maybe ten minutes of the match, it's like, well, they've only just started actually getting really exhausted. They still don't have enough energy to you know kick out like. Because they saved been that exhausted until the end, you know, you could buy a lot more of the kickouts. It's not like they've been dead for half an hour. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then there's a moment at the end. They're both lying on the ground. Someone's landed some move and they're both just like, oh, my God. And it looks like the ref, because I, I could hear the ref say, like, ask, uh, you okay? 
I just those two words to Okada. And I swear to God, Okada nodded no. It might have been a quince. Like, he was just kind of, like, you know, clearing his head a bit or trying to be like, well, get it together. Like, but it it looked like he told the ref, no, I'm not. But then the match ended soon after. So clearly it was, like, fine. But definitely I mean, had a I'm, moment. I'm pretty sure neither of them were okay after this. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's one point where, like, um... Uh, Okada did a drop kick to Kenny and the way the camera happened to be when it happened because the camera was kind of low like it was only probably a few inches above the mat and it was on the other side of the ring from where Kenny was so we just saw Kenny fucking come flying into the corner and into the camera and I'm sure it made it look more even more brutal than it was and where if the camera had been like already oh, like on kenny where, or something where Okada but, does the low drop kick and just yeah because like yeah because kenny backwards. it looks like kenny was moving so fast like somewhat like the hulk had just fucking come and chucked him and i was like oh my god um yeah so i wrote what a camera angle for that and then i said i wanted to end not not because i'm annoyed i just don't want them to kill each other and then when okada got the pin i just wrote oh thank god and then you can see and then immediate ice packs brought in like for both uh, of them speaking of camera work we gotta give a shout out to the rainmaker camera shot when like he's yeah. setting up the rainmaker and spreads his arms and the camera just zooms out showing you this massive arena filled with like forty thousand people such a good camera shot literally all it is is a zoom out but it's just amazing it looks so good every time yep 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 Oh, yeah, and then the ref has to practically hold Okada up to raise Okada's arm. And as soon as he lets go, he, like, falls to the ground again. I was like, oh, the, my there was, God. There was a female fan crying in the audience. Yeah, yeah, like, the audience pans, the reaction. I'm like, Jesus. And, like, you don't get that kind of, at least from the bits I've seen, I've never seen that level or that type of reaction. Like, I've seen the very enthusiastic, like, the cheering, the laughing, like, the other kind of reactions. I don't think I've ever seen... And again, going back to the documentary, like, the the, the cry when, like, Kenny and, like, Abushi got to, like, hug again. Like, that that kind of emotional response I've yeah, only seen of, in New Japan so far. A lot of Western fans make the mistake of thinking that because the Japanese crowds are quieter than Western ones that they don't care. That couldn't be more wrong. You know oh what I mean? Gosh. Like, they are so emotionally invested in it. It's insane. Like, Right? Absolutely. That's, but yeah, that, that, that's all my notes for the match. Yeah, that has okay. to be one of the most, like, brutal things we've watched and the most concerned I've ever been <laughs> for anyone. So the next match, I will just warn you, is longer than this one. Okay. And will be the longest match we have watched so far, and probably the longest match we ever will watch. Okay. So I just wanted to give you a heads up that, you know, you'll definitely make sure you have the sort of time for that one. Okay. It's very long. So my notes, you know, I've got like a Carter's outfit, Kenny's money raining. Uh, I've talked about a lot of my stuff. Oh, there was a, a bit where the commentator said, we've just been informed that New Japan World has the most foreign fans watching than like ever before. More foreign fans watching than they've ever had before. Not surprised, considering the quality of what they're putting out. And also, Kenny Omega. Like, he actually is just a huge draw. You know what I mean? Like, he... And he is a foreigner. Has brought so, so many fans to, you know, New Japan from the West. Like, like recently, New Japan started expanding into the US, which they've, like, never done before. And that's basically because of just how many sort of Western fans... 
Kenny brought in. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a, another moment I like. I noted down here, which is um, there was a bit where Okada went to roll Kenny into the ring from outside, mm-hmm. and Kenny was so exhausted he didn't just roll in; he just sort of hit the apron. Yeah. <laughs> and Okada actually had to like lift his leg up and roll him. Like that was so good. Omega just. Hit yeah, I was like, talk about ragdoll effect. I know. Like, that was ooh. so good. But I like, I like stuff like that because I hate it in wrestling when they're like they're like they've literally just had this huge move done to them, but then when their opponent like throws them, they just go with it and like roll into the ring. It's like, hang on a minute, you were just dead. Like, <laughs> um, and I think we've already sort of talked about all my stuff. Um, I've just gone over it as we, you know, went through yours. Um, yeah. So I don't really have anything to add. Just you know, I love this match and. Uh, Kenny's knees are incredible. Yeah, uh, and then I can see why it's a one of your top matches for sure. So, do you want to know what rating Meltzer gave this match out of his five star rating system? Sure. Six stars. Oh my god! <laughs> it's the first ever match to sort of like break the five star, you know, rating system. Like, he legitimately thought it was, like, the best match he's ever seen in wrestling. I definitely think it's, like, given this is only episode eight and I am a new, but it's the best match I've watched so far. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, well, try to spoil too much. This feud just gets better. That oh my might God. be hard to believe, but it gets better. <laughs> Which is ludicrous to think about, but, yeah. So yeah, next uh, episode we'll be watching the next Kenny Omega Ricardo match. Um, I can't remember where it is, but yeah, that's the one we'll be watching. Uh, their rematch. I hope you're looking forward to it. But yeah, it is very very long, so we'll have to make sure you know we have sort of time to put aside for it. And yeah, um, if you guys want to keep up to date with when the next episode's coming out and stuff, uh, you can follow the podcast on twitter at mam wrestling or you can uh, check out our website mamwrestling.wixsite.com and also you can follow me personally on twitter at hanzo kurosawa or you can follow laura personally on twitter at laura k483 and thank you all very much for listening